You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. I've noticed over the years and doing research in different areas, both in terms of the, the Peace Essner's own family background and biography, and also in his Torah and throughout his writings, um, there's a very strong presence of women in his life who were these spiritual forces and like what seemed remarkably so. Um, you know, although the history of women in the Hasidic world, uh, past history is probably like more hidden anyway, um, there were particularly in his family, both in his ancestry and also in his immediate family, as we'll see, um, women who were these leaders and, and rebbies of sorts in their own rights that um, I think it's pretty clear had a very profound influence on him and left a strong impression on him. And we'll see in his own writing also um, both parts that he dedicates each of his farming to some of these women, also seeping through his own writing things that he himself wrote, um, either explicitly or in a very slightly veiled way <laughs> about some of these, these women. It's something that to me is a very um, actually important part of the Rebbe's Torah. My reading into his Derech Bichlal is that is that this is is, is a core piece of it. Um, in a broad sense, uh, what what he he really bases his Derech Avoda on what's really traditionally called in Kabbalistic um, teaching the the feminine qualities of the divine. Present embodied earth, earth rising up, experience rising out, um, which we find really remarkably in his writings. And 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 Bezer Hashem will get to a piece where he, he really speaks that out in a certain way. Um, it's a piece that's directly linked to his wife, Rachel Chaim Miriam is his wife. Both pieces in Ish Kodesh on Parshat Chukat, which is her. Yardzai Parsha, is her death Parsha, are devoted to her. One explicitly and one, he doesn't say it, but it's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he speaks about Miriam, that's the death of Miriam, which we just read in Chuzlar, they're going to read to the coming Shabbos. Right. Okay, so I'm a little, you know, where to begin is a big question for me. I'll begin by reading, we all have the same spine, we can open to the Sha'ar, open to the not the first first sha'ar, but like the az, the place where it says azkara. The Rebbe, in his letter to to that he buried with his writings, he requested that this these in memoriam pages are added to every one of his svarim. Okay, so the first is zecher olam imi morati. First one who he's honoring is his mother. 
והצדיקת אש תחייל שושלת היוחסי מרת חנה ברכה זצר. She was the daughter of Reb Chaim Shmuel HaLevi Michenshin. Asher avdat Hashem b'chol yicholta, who served God with all of her capabilities. Bulev uvenefesh, heart and soul, mitoch yigi'a rabag gadlat baneha l'tova. Through immense um, effort, raised her children to Torah. You know, by the way, his father, the Rebbe's father, Rebbe the Melech, was in his 80s when the Rebbe was born, and died when the Rebbe was three. He was in his 80s. He died when the Rebbe was three, and the Rebbe's mother then was the one who raised him in the Torah. And her and his, her, his uncle, he ended up being taken in by his uncle, who he learned by for a number of years. Al-Tanish Matak Doshavatara or Leom Arab Shabbos Kodesh, Zayin Marcheshvan. Then he goes on, Kvod Zugatihar Abinita Tzadikat. She was from the family of the Koshmitzer Rebbe's. Her ways, her personality, her way of being were of giving. She studied Torah every single day. We're going to Bezor Hashem read the letter where the Rebbe describes what her day-to-day looked like. She was like a compassionate mother to the embittered souls, people of embittered souls in general, and in particular to um, people who were connected to Torah and to the Hasidim. They were like, she was like a mother to Alakam. She died of, a, of an illness before the war, before World War II. Um, and he says she died, as you can see, on the Parsha of, he doesn't say Chukad, he says Vatamacham Miriam, which is her third name. Rachachayam Miriam, Yud Tamus. Okay, he goes on to, to mention others. Let's flip the page. There's another Azkara that's specifically de- devoted just to her. Azkara Zecher Olam Tietzarika. Okay, he mentions it her again. Now he goes on. Sadika mitsuyenet haita. So he basically is expanding what he says before. Midotea midot trumiot asot staka vechesed bechol eid. Yoter habem mechvi yechota hayusha ashu'e nafsha. She would do staka and chesed at every moment, way beyond her capabilities. And it was the shashu'e nafsha. It was the delight of her soul. But Torah aska yom vayom. She involved herself in Torah every day. She um, studied Sifre Chasidut in depth in order to come to know Tzur Mechzavta, the rock from which she was hewn. In order to come to know God, the place from which she was emerged. And to come draw close to God's holiness, Da'at, Vihitrakshut. Awareness and feeling, moach, v'lev, mind and heart, hit mazguba yachad, were combined within her together. V'gamli, And to me as well, personally, she helped me in all of my activities. We're going to see, we're in a footnote in one of his farm where he, he mentions that she made the edit that helped. She, she edited all of his writing. What was it? Did they have children? Um, they did, yes. None of them... Survived though. No, I'm sorry.
So here, every one of his farim, the gates, wait, his farim is his mother and his, and his wife. He mentions also his father, he mentions his son. He added people as the war went on. Um, but it was important to him that every one of his farim opened with a dedication to his mother and to his wife, who were his teachers and helpers. Um, before we even read the letter he wrote, and here's some pages that I put it for us. Go turn to the back of this page. Um, I did a little research. Just flip the page. I did a little. I've done some research over the years into the um, lineage of the Rebbe, and he he comes from Hasidic dynasties on both sides of his not both sides of his family and his wife's family. The, the Karliner dynasty, the Kajanist dynasty, the all over the place. Okay, um, I brought here one keta which I found in a very interesting history book. It's a three-volume series called "Jewish Women in Rabbinic Literature: A Psychosocial Perspective." It was written by a, who, a history professor at YU named Menachem Breyer, but Menachem Breyer was a Boyana Chassid from the family of the Boyana Rebbe. His son is the current Boyana Rebbe. His son is a Hasidic Rebbe. He became modern, whatever that means, and taught history at YU and wrote a three-volume work on women in a psychosocial perspective on women in the in, in, in the Jewish in Jewish in rabbinic literature. So this is from the chapter he had on women in the Hasidic world. And when I was reading this chapter, I'm reading and I'm like, wait a minute. She's one of the Rebbe's ancestors. Wait a minute. She's one of the Rebbe's ancestors. Wait a minute. This is about the You'll see. This is just one little paragraph, okay? He's writing here about Mary Shemaro, who is well-known, um, the daughter of the, of, of the daughter of Rebbe Limelech, okay? So he writes here that, that she was famed for her scholarship, her knowledge of Hasidut, and her outstanding piety. Many Hasidim came to listen to her expound Hasidut and to receive her bracha. Okay, the daughter of Rabbi Melech, again, one of the Rabbi's um, ancestors, was people would come to her to hear her teach Hasidus and to get her bracha. Okay, but now we'll read about somebody who's even more closely connected to the, to the Rabbi, Perla, who was the daughter of the Koshnitzer Magid, because Piesesna is really actually a branch of Koshnitz Hasidut. Okay, Grojinsk, his father's Hasidut, was the continuation of Kojnitz, and, and both in, in his father's and mother's side, and in, in his wife's family as well, they all were connected to the Kojnitz dynasty. Now look at what, what he writes here. So Peril, who was the daughter of the Magid of Kojnitz, and wife of Rabbi Rizeli, the Rabbi of Magonutzia, had a noble reputation in Hasidic circles. Even when she was young, Rabbi Limelech of Lezhensk said of her that the divine presence, the Shekhinah, rested upon her. The Magid of Kojnitz related to his Hasidim that his daughter had the had Ruch HaKodesh. And he told them to remember themselves before her. I'm not sure what that means. But listen, she put on tzitzit, she wore tzitzis, and during prayers wore a gartel and a talus, and fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. The Shamish Rebzusha gave her kfitlach of the Hasidim, which were accompanied with gifts. Mamish, the way people dealt with, Reb, with Rebbe's, they bring them a kfitl, a note, with the request, they'd give a, a, a daron, a contribution, for the Rebbe to, to receive something for them to be able to give them bracha. Is this the Rebzusha, the brother? No, no, this is, it's a Shamish, it's a Shamish of Koshnitz. Okay. 
she distributed all the money to charity that she was given by the Hasidim while she herself lived a life of poverty. So these are two women who the Rebbe descends from. Like, how can it get any better? Okay, it gets better. It gets better. Because we have a footnote here that is talking about, uh, about the, the Rebbe's mother now. Okay, the Rebbe's mother who became, um, when his father died, became basically the matriarch of the Kozhnitzer dynasty. He writes here in a note about a note some about the Rebbe's mother that her sons were the Admorim of Piasetsna, were the Admor of Piasetsna, and Rabbi Shai Shapir of Yisrael. Now he's writing about the Piasetsna and his brother and his family. Okay, the scribe Reb Leibelbein, who was a Yiddish journalist uh, in, in Europe, tells about the Rebbezin from Piasetsna, the daughter-in-law of Hanabracha. Okay, Hanabracha is the Rebbe's mother. The Rebbe's, her daughter-in-law is the Rebbe's wife, who we just saw his dedication page too. Okay? He writes about her, not only knew Talmud, but also studied the Zohar. She wrote a commentary to Beis Aaron of Rav Karlinu II. And he quotes Beis Aaron all over the place because the Beis Aaron Karlinism was one of his um, ancestors as well. But this, this journalist writes that the Pesachner's wife wrote a parish on the, on the Sefer Beis Aaron, which is one of the foundational Hasidic Sfarim. I've asked, nobody I've asked knows about this. I tell people about this, they're like, really? So I feel like I need to go find the Carolina Rebbe and ask, what's the deal? Is this, does this exist somewhere? Do we have her parish on the Beisara? But these are the women the Rebbe was surrounded by. And these are the women that the Rebbe descended from. I'm going to read you, before we get into here, um, a note in the Sefer Mavohasha Arim, which is in a sense, the Rebbe is most Kabbalistic. And he has a footnote here, which he says, I wrote this introduction before God took my wife from me. Brought her under the wings of the Shekinah. And when I was working on this manuscript, she read what I wrote. Just as she had written, had read over many of many of my other writings. And she she came to me and said, "You know, you really have to explain this a bit better. You know, you, you have to you have to change this." So, Besider, this this footnote, he goes on. He basically says he writes this footnote because this is one of the edits that his that his wife suggested. She read it over. She said. You have to, you have to, you have to say something about this. You didn't address this question, so he goes on. He, he writes all for her. And so, well, when we think about um, our teachers, who they are, where they come from, who they come from, you know, like nobody, we we just open these books and we hear about these people and like, oh, these were great cities. They were, and it it's so important and helpful to understand, like what. What was their environment? Who was in their environment? Who was there with them? Making them who they were, making their Torah what it is. You know? um, I want to read a bit with you this letter now. This is printed in the back of the Archimelech. After all the Jerash and the Archimelech, there's a whole bunch of scattered writings and it includes all, all, a lot of letters there. You have it on the front pages there. Can I ask a question? Yeah, please. Okay. 
Sí, how, I mean, this may be like an obvious question, but like yeah. how rare is it that he is writing, or he's writing, she's reading it, giving him edits, and he is taking those into account and making those edits? How rare is that? What do you think? I mean, I think it's probably <laughs> it, sounds, rare. it seems pretty rare, right? It, <laughs> seems pretty remark- it seems remarkably rare. Yeah. That a Hasidish Rebbe is having his wife read over and, and edit and accept her edits. Yeah, yeah. it seems quite rare, mm-hmm. quite unique. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Right. You know? Um, maybe that's secretly happening. Maybe time. that's always maybe the case. Halavai, it's probably. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, I mean, this, I mean, this is also extremely rare. Right? This means These what? Women, Though his, uh, his ancestors, yeah. And yeah. Marish, yeah. right? Yeah. Look, I mean, we can go on and on. You mentioned Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi, Nachman. Rabbi Nachman's mother, Fegi. Okay, Fegi was called Fegi Hanavia. Fegi the prophetess. That's what, the, that's what she was known as. She was the granddaughter of Udl, of the Baal Shem Tov's daughter. Baal Shem Tov's daughter was was a Baladurachkoda. She, you know, people came to her for brachas. Like it's, so, I guess the bigger question is, what about who are all the women we never heard of? Mm-hmm. And how little we do know about the women we have heard of, you know, these are like the hidden histories, the hidden histories. Uh-huh. <laughs> of, of, um, Where is Adol buried? She's, I believe, she's buried next to Valshan. Maybe not. I don't remember. Huh. I don't remember. But he, he never traveled without her. Like he, she was by his side. Yeah. Was like, Michal and Valshantov, like he, he, his wife died. His first wife, and he remarried. But he said it somewhere. He was like. He said, I'm a palga gufa. Since my wife died, I'm, I'm a halfling. So who are all these women? I have no idea who all these women are. You know these like little, little stories. Yeah. Little stories. And so this is a letter that the Rebbe wrote to one of his chassidim. We'll see, I believe, in Eretz Yisrael. Yom Dalad Parsha Kital Terfesh Tzadizayn. His wife died, he said, in Chukat, in Tammuz. Kitavo is like towards the end of Devarim, so this is probably something in Av, maybe even Elul, probably Elul. Yeah, you'll see. Thirty-seven. Yeah. So he opens with a traditional opening. I received your letter from Rosh Chodesh Elul. Kemutzak oferet ani midham I'm like somebody who's Covered in like lead, like I've been plummeted by lead. I believe that's what it means. I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm incapable, and I don't know what to write to you or how to answer you. Hagemara says about any um, young young woman who has been torn from her husband that it's like korban mikdash. It was the it's it's the greatest um, tragedy um, that Bnei Yisrael have have given their life over and and about this this tzadikat as well who suddenly has been torn from us in her, in her youth in the days of her youth she was ecstatic about her daughter's wedding. 
את אחת הם מרביתינו יקר האהבה מאוד, רואים את מה שאמרנו לסמוך, שהיא רג'ויסט about having married off their children, about seeing their descendants, she loved the son-in-law, but God didn't allow her to celebrate. וקרא את האם אל הבנים האהובים ואת האישה מנבל מנבלאי. God has torn the mother from the children, the beloved children, and the woman from her husband. אבל הנה אני רק לקיים בזה את הפסוק. He's like, all I can really, he's like, I don't know how to, we don't know what the, what the Chassid wrote to him about. He's like, I don't know how to, how to answer you. All I can say right now is to fulfill the Pasuk, Eshit Chayom Mihimsa, Yavo Ba'alavi Halalah. Who can find a, a woman like this? The best I can do is just be, stand, stand here and, and praise her. It sounds like the Chassid had asked some questions and all, he's like, is that all I can really do is speak the praise of my wife right now. I don't have anything else I say. He's still in He's still in Abelut, yeah. I'll tell you just a little bit of her um, elevated qualities. Which is from this part of Um Some of the, 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 the slightest bit of it you're going to see, like the, the peak of the, what was it, the avalanche, tip of the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, but you won't be able to see all of it. He's writing to this chassid, it's been 11 years since you've moved away from us. And even though back then, she was a tzadika, she was she was refined, she was gentle and, 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 and full of goodness. However, from those days until now, she she grew and rose in strides in every matter. Now look at this. Almost a, a day never passed that she didn't learn Torah. She'd wake up at six in the morning and daven and learn until ten every morning. And she learned lishma. To attach herself to Torah and holiness. If there was some kind of um, exceptional need that arose and she wasn't able to learn on a certain day, she was in pain all day over it. And she would, she would say, she would groan, she'd say, it's been a dark day for me. She studied Tanakh, Midrash, Zohar, Kabbalah, Chasidut. She had a vast knowledge in Kabbalah and Chassidut. And many times I was um, confounded, I was shocked by the depth and breadth of her knowledge in these matters. Like as we see in his note here, he's like, I thought I wrote this wonderful book. And my wife says, Wojcik, you have, to, you have to say it a little better. <laughs> it's not just that she learned. She was devoted in her avoda, heart, body, mind. I don't know what that means. But once she complained to me that her Yedid Nefesh in the morning, it was like it was, it was weak. It wasn't shining like it used to. You know, I don't know if any of you know this. I don't know if anybody says this. In the beginning of many Sidurim, especially the Chasidur Sidurim, before Hodu, before Pesukah Zimra, Yedid Nefesh is printed. None of us knew that. 
But she she said you didn't have, she started every day with, by saying you didn't have fish. And one day she said to she said to him, oh, my Yidin Nefesh is shrach. Betach achakach, he said, I'm certain that afterwards, shuv alala, that it, that it came back up for her. Ki etatov sha'abavarata lo sipra, because she would never share with me the good in her life. Tamid hit gabra alatzma shalol lichos, she always worked to, to overcome herself to never be angry. Midatova mamash en arich, the goodness of her qualities Cannot, cannot put a value on. The kevan she had ashim in kaspe habayit if shara la hashdikar utenagadol b'tzaka v'gminu chazarim. She knew that her immense yearning and desire to give tzaka and do kindness with others, they couldn't fulfill with the how the the funds they had in the, in, the, in their household. Achnish arti ata sorry. She went and took out loans with interest to give to Tzedakah. To add to the money she gave from the money that we had. This is right now I'm, I'm sitting on thousands of thousands of, uh, of rubles and dollars of debt. He's saying this with pride. Yeah. Look, at the, look at the debt she left from her Tzedakah. Her attachment to to those the friends, the close people close to us, can't can't even describe. They were in Vienna, it seems to get medical treatments. And she was extremely pained over her suffering. When she was sitting there in her pains of her illness, she took comfort in the fact that she was going to be kapara for Amisra. And it's for not, not for nothing that all of our, all of the Hasidim, the Talmudim, were screaming and crying after her death, Mame, the Mame from the Hasidim is a vic. Ima, Ima, the Ima, the, 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 our, our mother's gone. Our mother's gone. Bichlal haita isha miromema asher hivrika lechol eber upina. In all ways, she was a a woman who shined to every direction, every corner. Meiver mizeh chasidim. Beyond the chasidim, the chol varsha and all of Warsaw, umrim shaita mitzuyenet bein asadkaniyot. They said she was. Unique among the righteous women, umi ever mize, and even beyond that, gam hamelumadim hachovshim nitbatul lefanayatzilas. Also, the the free thinkers, the secularists, the intellectuals, the the war, the Warsaw intellectuals nitbatulu lefanayat. Wow, they melted before. Ha professor v'vian, this doctor who they went to see in Vienna. He was amazed by her wisdom and the goodness in her. And when we were in Warsaw, one of the doctors asked us which charity fund was the closest to her spirit. 
כי רוצה הוא לנדב חמש מאות זהובים לטובה נשמתה לאיזה חברה של סחר. After her death he wanted to donate 500 זהובים, 500 gold coins to, one, to a charity in her honor. התפל שבתפלים הייתה היא עצמה בעניין. She in her own eyes was the, the lowest of the law, the least important. תמיד דאגה לזה ולזה ולא לעצמה. She was always concerned about other people, not for herself. ואם חס ושלום נחלה מימין החסידים, and if one of the חסידים got sick, ממש חלתה את עצמה עליו ברוב התפילות וההשתלבות. She would ממש actually make herself sick over this person in her תפילות for them and in her השתלבות for the avoda she would develop for this person. דרכה הייתה לעמוד בפרוזדור בכל ליל שבס קודש, עד בו she would stand every שבס קודש in the hallway, לשמוע את ה... ועוד בחג שבועס היה שביום אחד קודם לזה כבר הייתה קונסוליה על מהחלטה. טוב, היא עושה איזושהי שבועות. Before her death, He had, to, he, had to, he had to like work hard so that she wouldn't stand there to listen. So he could at least like rest. Maybe lie down, maybe sleep. Bishash 2.30 in Shabbos Kodesh B'Tzorayim, 2.30 in the afternoon, on Shabbos Kimat Yatsa Nishmata. She almost was gone. Ukfar haitat tsaaka mikulam v'yasula hadokterim shuz rikot limistar. They gave her number of shots, and she came back for only about 15 minutes. Listen to this. Can you imagine, can you begin to, to comprehend what life, what, 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 how her face looked in this 15 minutes? Listen, you hear this. ברבע שעה זו אמרה, God essen, זה שבס. She said to him, Go eat, שבס. In these 15 minutes where she was hanging on, she's saying, Please eat לכבו שבס. קבע נרי, ונרמס כל העצמה. Rabbi says, My candle has been extinguished. My bones, all my bones have been crushed. I'm skipping line. What can I say? It's true, I'm extremely bitter. It's not just my bitterness, my sorrow that's pressing on my heart. Where is that, this gentle woman? Where, where is this Is Tzadik had gone? So he goes on and he tells this Chassid, he says, let me know, Israel, please learn for her. Because there's no Torah like Torah takes Israel. And when you go to the Kivrit Tzadikim in Elul, please keep her in mind in your Tfilat, etc. Just take a moment to take in Loretta's heart here. 
It's like his heart is beating, <laughs> pulsing here in his, in his voice. His heart is bleeding. So this is a man who lost many lights. Maybe his biggest light. It's a profound thing you're asking. How, how much do we know? How much of this does it, to, to be able to read a letter like this? To hear him speak in his own words. And like he said, just, just the tip of the iceberg. Who, who she is, who she was. I think, honestly, I think the biggest, for me, the biggest part here, where we get the biggest hint is where he just says, her. So well, it's a her. That's what's going here. He, if he, if he. You know, that, that sense of that sense of loss, of the enormity of her, her being. In the time we have left, I want us to look a little bit at. Um, <clears throat> I know that we've learned this piece together before, Kukat, of Miriam's death. I think reading it in this context, it helps us understand a little more what they're saying. So I'd like us to read a little bit from Barsha's Kukat, Mishkodesh. Now, on your own, look at the other part. We'll look at the other Torah and Parshat Kukat in Eish Kodesh. This is the last one. The earlier one, I'll just tell you how he opens it. The earliest one, Parshat Kukat from uh, the previous year, it says Parshat Kukat, then in parentheses, Yotanis. So he writes his wife's yard site on, on the drasha that he wrote. And that drasha is about. It not only, but it involves the death of Miriam. And it speaks about, towards the end, the, the Rachmanut, drawing from the Gemara and from, uh, from other sources, that the, the Rachmanut of, of women is the, is, is the strength that's going to, that, need, that needs to be carried into, I mean, he's speaking to his, his chaver in the present, saying we need, we need to, we need to draw from the, the quality of Rachman from the womb-like quality and be like mothers to each other. We need to, we need to give to each other in a way where we feel that kind of love and attachment. He's like, that's going to bring a Yeshua. That's what we're going to need. He brings, he brings sources in. It's a, it's a deep discussion. But we're going to read from the final Torah in Kukat, um, Shnat Tav Shin Bet, 1942. So he opens with the, the Pasuk, and well known, why do why why was there no water after Miriam died? Because the the well was in her schut. So he goes, he's ki ha'er b'schut Miriam v'navina lama dafka b'schuta. Why is it that in Miriam's honor there was a be'er? Now, just bear in mind, like we 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 just read who Miriam was. You know, we just read the, the Rebbe's letter about his wife. We know we got a sense of who Miriam is. When he's speaking about Miriam here, just bear in mind what, what he's been speaking about tonight. 
not asking this technical question, why in the desert it was a bear for Miriam? We've no concept of like these biblical tzaddikim, like these naviim. I can't, can't begin to even try to explain that. But what does it hint us? What does it have to teach us and guide us that the Miriam had a love? So he says, maybe here's possible understanding. Rashi explains that if you read Parashat Chukat, Aaron Cohen dies first. Okay? And it says that Aaron died al pi Hashem. And Rashi says, why doesn't it say that Miriam died al pi Hashem? So Chazal has this bizarre take on it. Chazal says, what does it mean to die by the mouth of God? It means to die by a kiss. So Rashi brings Mamar Chazal. He says, you know, Miriam, even though it doesn't say she didn't die by God's mouth, she also died by the kiss of God. Why doesn't it say explicitly that she died by God's mouth? Because it's not It's not honorable um, to heaven to say that she died by a kiss. Now, the standard interpretation is it's it's bizarre. It's, it's like a joke. You couldn't say God kissed a woman. But this is. And people I, believe. But this. I want to say. And people believe. I want to say what the rabbi is going to do here. I, I believe is much deeper than saying I'm going to give you a new pshat, a new drasha on a previously held understanding. The rabbi writes in the Vohasharim, and I've been teaching kind of in parallel to this, that as our world evolves, as God consciousness filters in, it, it permeates the world, it is embodied more and more fully towards the day of full awareness and, and contact with God, the words of Torah begin to show themselves for what they are more and more deeply. The new teachings aren't novel chachmas, not new ideas. It's like, I have a vote for you. If we're truly participating in this unfolding of the revelation of Torah, so that meaning is being unlocked in a way that it couldn't be unlocked previously. So yeah, previously people understood this Rashi, of course, it's not, it's not Kavadik. Look what the Rebbe says. Mazamaramezlanu. What, what is this hint? What do you mean it's not honorable to heaven? We're not talking about uh, some uh, uh, physical kiss. We're not talking about two, two people are kissing. Come on. He's, he's basically saying, he's like, don't be stupid. Don't <laughs> Maybe here's a possible understanding. He know the misifrei kvod kodshi adviad ravazadik. He's calling out from his father's farm. Sheish Israeli tzrichadat. Shegam eshash who mitorer beiteruta delotata gamken hu yitparach noten bodat peratzam imala kadeshi itorer nugmata. This needs to understand that even when we are aroused in itoruta delotata. An arousal from below, right? This is basic model in Kabbalistic thinking. There's the arousal from below, and there's the arousal from above. Arousal from below is, I feel motivated, I feel inspired and moved to come close to God, to serve God, to do mitzvah. So the Rebbe, he quotes his father saying, when you have your own arousal for God, 
we need to understand and acknowledge that God has given me the dat and ratzon milamala kadejitur milamala. My quote unquote arousal, God gave that to me too. God gave me the moach for that. God gave me the ratzon for that. God gave me the heart for that. Other Sfarim quote, Chassidus Sfarim, a hint from Tehillim, God, it's great kindness that you, you do. You pay back a person. You um, reward a person according to their action. But has another meaning. can also mean as if it is their action. As if. It's really God who's awakening that person. It's God's the one who gave, who gives the person the ability to do their actions. The person shouldn't get any reward. God, God pays back a person the words for them as if. They were the one who did it. God has done great kindness with people by treating us as if we were doing something, as if we were responsible for our good deeds. It's gift, the, the gift is that it's, it's, in, it's, it's heavily wrapped. The gift is that you can't see that it's coming from them. But he's going he's gonna to make a switch here. Now, I've been reading these, I've been reading his words to talk about all of us in general, and I, I got to say, the Rebbe is actually going to read this in a very gendered way. The Rebbe is going to say, if I were to read more accurately, everything he just said is about men, more or less. I'll show you what I mean. Not just, I mean, it's not true. I'm being a little um, overly exaggerated, but he's talking about the difference between obligation and, and, and beyond obligation. Look what he says. Nimtzalafizeh he says, we find according to this, now again, he's trying, why do you bring all this up? He wants to understand what's the deal with Miriam and her well. And what is the deal with Rashi's statement about the kiss isn't kavod shumala. Okay? He says, he says here that a woman who makes herself a tzadikah, who is devoted to studying Torah and Kiyom Mitzvot, it truly is Ma'aseh Shalak. That does belong to her. Kevan She'ena Mitzvah Ve'osah. Because she's not commanded. She's not acting based on God's command. V'im ken lo oruru takokach mimaromazeh. So he's, he's a little qualified. But his, what that means is that the awakening from above is not, is not as strong. When it's a mitzvah, God is the one who gives us koch to do mitzvot. When it's not commanded, when it's not commanded, it's not so much coming from above. You see how he sort of like cushions it? It's not so much from above. Meaning you can't say there's not from above. Every can lift a, can't take a breath without koch from above. But the ratzon, that passionate will, that desire, the longing, God doesn't get credit for that longing so much. Okay. <laughs> Look at this. This is what Rashi means. Miriam died by a kiss. Umipne malo ne'amar ba'al piyashem. 
שאינו דרך כבוד של מעלה. מרים certainly died from the kiss of God. But why doesn't it say that it was from God's mouth? Because it wasn't from God's mouth. It was from her. שאינו דרך כבוד של מעלה, היינו השבאה על המדרגה הגדולה כזו, the fact that Miriam came to this great level, לא היה בהתעוררות של מעלה. It wasn't. didn't come to her from above. רק בהתעוררותה תלתתה. It only came from a true arousal from below. לכן לא שייך לומר על פי השם. It's inappropriate. It doesn't belong to say that it came from God's mouth. It wasn't God's command. It wasn't God's kiss. It was Miriam's kiss. It was her mouth. She broke it. וכיוון שמקור עבודותה בא, who? Because the source of her avodah was from within her, ומימנה נובעה, and it flows out, flowed out from her. לכן הבאר. So therefore there is a well. מקור הנובעה מים חיים. A source, underground source that flowed and raised up from it. Water of life, living waters, מים קדושים. Holy waters, הייתה בזכותה. That was in her merit. It truly was in her merit. You think, by the way, the Chazal says that the clouds, the man and the be'er, right? The clouds were in Zchut Aram. The man was in Zchut Masha. The be'er was in Zchut Miriam. What's the difference between clouds, man, and be'er? Two of those things come from heaven, and one of them comes from under, under the earth. So Barurli, Barurli, when the Rebbe is teaching a Parshat Chukad about the Ratzon and the Zchut of Miriam, he's also talking about his wife. Yeah. Barurli, he's talking about his wife. And not only his wife, <laughs> but also his wife. Meaning not only his wife and Miriam Hanaviyah either. But these are the models he's looking at. He's saying, he's, he's saying, I've seen a woman live this way. I've seen somebody who truly in her own zchut brought herself to God. This isn't God's honor that it happened this way. It's her honor. It's in her merit that it happened, that, that she died by a kiss. Not oh, by kavod shemala. Oh, it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't okay, God's okay, honor that made this happen. She ain't no derech kavod shemala that she died. Hello. That she died in a shikah, that she right. rose up to this level of tzadikut. Where this really is a difference. Not only that, just take a moment. You know, the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, greater is the one who's commanded and, and acts than one who's not commanded and acts. And the Rebbe is going directly opposite that. The Rebbe is saying, Miriam was so great because she was not Mitzvah Vosim. And his wife wearing talit katan, wearing talit, wearing the talit. His bubby, yeah, his bubby dabbling with a with a gartel and talis, yeah, right. brachas. His wife learn, learning from six in the morning, giving writing perush on right. coming saying, Rebbe, you're not writing the right thing. You got to change your. He grew up seeing women who embodied this. Who were all By the way, Merish, Merish, the daughter of uh, of Rebbe Limel, her name was probably also Miriam. I want to just take a moment to speak about Miriam and Aviyah. She's one of my favorites. She's like, I think she's probably my hero. If, if I have a hero in the Torah, it's probably her. And my birthday happens to be on her yard side also. Let me ask you something. Would we have a Torah without Miriam? 
Where, where would we be with that, Miriam? Take the story, oh, simple story in Tanakh, take the Midrash Sheikh Hazar. Would, would there be an us with Amirim? No, because we, because her parents would have so, not had Moshe. Right? So who was, who was the revealed Goel, the revealed bringer of the Torah? It was Moshe Rabbeinu. Right. Who is the real Goel? Who's, who's responsible for the Geula? Miriam. And not only that, think about, you know, Chazal says she had a Nevoah. And when Chazal describes what this Nevoah is, it goes something like this. There were xeroth from Paro. The world looked terrible. Jewish babies were being thrown in the water. Amram separated from Yocheved. He said, we can't bring judgment to the world this way. She came to her father, who Chazal says was like the god of the door, and she said, you're worse than Paro. Paro decreed on the boys, you're decreeing boys and girls. Amram and Yocheved got back together. They listened to her. All the other men remarried their wives. Amishal started to Populated again, Moshe Rabbeinu was born from that. Moshe Rabbeinu was born from Miriam having the chutzpah to say to her father, you're worse than Paro. Go on in the story. Moshe's born, they hide him, they can't hide him anymore, they put him in water. Who's there to watch him in the water? Who's there to watch him in the water? She watches him until he gets to Bat Paro. Another chutzpidic woman who's going against her father to, to take this baby out of the water and to save him. And these two rebellious women come together and, and she says, hey, can I bring him to nurse from his mother's room? Not only that, it also says that Miriam was one of the midwives. She was the one who was, was resisting the command of Paro to bring more Jewish children into the world. Shifra and Pua, yeah. What does the word Miriam mean? So there's a word about bitterness there, bitterness and water. It hit me this past Shabbos. After the whole story made Mariva, right? Miriam dies, they want water, Moshe hits the rock, there's the whole story there. A little bit later, one of the totaot from there is that Aaron also dies. And God, when Aaron dies, God says, you're going to die here, al asher miritim et pi, the Mariva. Because you were meritam et pi. What does that mean? It means you went against what I said. You rebelled. At the rock, what did Moshe say? Shimuna hamorim. Right, listen up, you rebels. Spelled the same way as Miriam's name. One of the meanings of Miriam's name is rebel. The rebellious prophet. The rebel prophet, who's the one without that prophetess who was willing to stand up to the Xerots of Paro, to stand up to her father, to stand up to the whole reality of what was happening around her, without that koach, we would not be here. Warren Sota, I don't remember which daf, is speaking about Miriam. And one of the things it says there, it's, it's a wild mark, you think you're reading Zohar. It takes that pasuk, His sister stood from afar to know what would happen to him. It goes word by word of that pasuk and says, this means the Shechina, this means the Shechina, this means the Shechina, this means the Shechina. Like it finds a drasha, another pasuk in Tanakh where the word where 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 each one of them is referring to, to God. 
What, what is the Gemara trying to say? I think the Gemara is trying to say, Miriam took the place of God. I think this is a place where God has to be. And I'm going to make sure that God shows up here. I'm going to make sure there's going to be a Gerula. I'm going to make sure that Paro's decrees don't stand. I'm going to make sure that, that, that we're going to continue, that there's not going to be death and, and evil is not going to prevail. She was mamash the Shechina watching, watching over her, her brother-in-law. She embodied the Shechina. God, you're not going to come from above, and this is coming back to what the Rebbe said, you're not going to come from above, I'm going to come from below. I'm going to come from here on the earth and, 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 and walk the earth in a way that I'm going to make sure that, that this is the place where God exists, despite everything else, with that koach of Miriam. I'm going to stand up to everything that stands in the way, and I'm going to make sure that there's still God here, whatever it's going to take. The Rebbe goes on, and later on in this Torah, we have to wrap up here, but very later on in this Torah, the Rebbe says that because Miriam had this koach of the, under, the underground water, which is, Kabbalistically, it's the Maimnukvin, this is the feminine water that arises from the earth. He says that that koach, what Miriam was 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 giving to the rest of the nation was that same kind of thirst for God. She was a thirsty one. She was the one who was wanting from below. Moshe had great things to say from heaven, but no, but people could only hear what Moshe had to say because she made them thirsty from below. And he goes on and he says, well, so that's why when she died, nobody could drink. Moshe's words, he, he, he says, Moshe's Torah couldn't reach them anymore. That water from above, there was no capacity to drink because Miriam died and they didn't have the chuk anymore. It was dried up, the well dried up. And he, he says, Moshe understood that he needs to now do what Miriam did. That he, he interprets hitting the rock as Moshe come bringing himself to that place. He says, sinning leaving his elevated status to come down to where everybody else was and let the, let the water flow out again. And it did flow out again. It did. But when we take this all together, it seems to me that part of what the Rebbe is also saying is he needs his wife to be able to give Torah to the people too. Without Rachel Chaim Miriam, he, what's, what are his words worth? What, who's, who's giving the people that embodied in the flesh, face-to-face desire to, that they can see somebody who themselves has turned themselves on fire to be a, 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 a conduit for God's word. He says, those, that, he says, that Torah I need from me. That Torah I need from me. That Torah Moshe needed from his sister, and that Torah we, we need. We need that water from below. Bichlal, so I'll just, I'll just kind of end here. Bichlal, this is part of what I wanted to bring in the Rebbe's background, his biography. Like, if you can begin to see how his whole derech is really about embracing that, that shechina quality, that yiteruta de la tata. That where is the God within me? Where is the thirst within me? Where is the contact with God that's not coming from the outside to teach me, but that's starting to stir from within me that then the outside can begin to interact with, inform,
can understand what, through the engagement and connection between what's happening inside and what I bring from the outside, how the, the Kol Hashem, the Divrayim Chaim, can begin to emerge from there. Right? This is the Torah that the Rebbe was teaching his whole life. This is the Torah he learned. I think not only from the Sfarim, but from the, the people in his life, and, and perhaps in particular from the women. That's that comes from below, in the ground, deep Mom. inside, deep Mom. inside of us. It comes up like this. It's, it's the muddy, muddy water that emerges from beneath the rocks in the, wow. the soil. Oh. <laughs> What else did I just say? I feel like okay, we've been learning the Torah's the, the Rebbe's Torah all year. It's like without this piece, we don't really get his Torah. Yeah. Without this piece, yeah. we, we're not really hearing what he's saying. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.